It's here. What? What? The thing I ordered. That that is that is a huge box. I thought you said you weren't going to buy yourself anything on Black Friday because it's it's so close to UDP. I know, but this was on offer and it looks really exciting. What 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 even is it? Help me get the lid off and I'll show you. Here, grab a crowbar. <laughs> Greetings, strangers, queer and pleasant. I'm not Laura Kate Magnetdale. And I'm not Jane Harris Magnetdale. And welcome to another episode of Queer and Pleasant Strangers. It's a podcast where two queer trans women who are wives in the gay type they talk about media we've consumed in the week and just we, we just we have a bit of a giggle. We a sure are some wives in the gay type. Yeah, we sure are some 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 gay wives. Subcategory huh? wives. We sure are a pair of gays. Gay. <laughs> that that sure is us. How are you doing on this very chilly day? I've got my gloves on. Yeah, you've um, got a blankie I've got and my your blanket hood up. and my hood. Yeah, I've been living with my hood up for a few days. I'm just like, Neh. keep the warm in. <laughs> it, it sure is lovely living in the UK right now. It sure is lovely living <laughs> in the UK right now, huh? Hmm. Uh, but you know what is lovely? Uh, things, things we played. Yeah, that's one of the categories of stuff we do here on this show. That is. What yeah. have you played? It's Pokemon. It's been two weeks. It's been two weeks, yeah. Have you played anything but Pokemon? I have played things other than Pokemon, but like... Okay, well tell us about the Pokemon first then. It has been a lot of Pokemon. (laughs) Look, this new Pokemon's really good, alright? I mean, it's it's a bad, broken game, but it's really good. (laughs) It's really good, but also it's look, But it is good. The, look, the only the only thing right now that I look at and go that is legitimately like an unforgivable situation with that game is the fact that online competitive fights currently have uh, a single fixed RNG seed, meaning that moves that are meant to be like very low chance of hitting, but they give you like they're an instant KO if they hit. Um, you can you can work out what to do to make them always hit a hundred percent of the time because it's a fixed RNG seed. Uh, and ranked... That's not how RNG works. Yeah, and ranked matchmaking is meant to happen really soon. So, mm. like, so far that's the only one, the only thing where I'll go. Yeah, no, I'll I'll give you that, everyone. That is fucked. Um, I'm having so much fun with this game. I'm glad. I'm really enjoying it. Um, I talked about this a little bit like last time we did an episode. I, th- I think I just finished my first playthrough. I think when... so. Yeah. So. I really like this game. I generally, like, I've really enjoyed the story. I think that, like, in particular, the story of the the uh, Titan defeating quest to go get the magical sandwich ingredients is genuinely kind of heartwarming and, and sweet. Magical um, sandwich! I think that the, the Team Star is one of my favourite antagonist teams in a Pokemon game ever. They're great. I love them. Um, I like a lot of the new Pokemon designs. I have I have things that I would complain about, like, Removing the shiny sparkle sound is bullshit um, on, on spawn. Um, I wish that the glide mechanic still worked the same way it did in Legends Arceus, where you always descend gradually so you can glide as far as you like until that gradual descent, rather than it just dropping off to a hard fall at some point. Um, like I have problems with it, but like mm. it's also really, really got its hooks in me. Um... I've been really enjoying online raids in a way that, like, I don't gen haven't generally engaged with in the past. Um, I think that it really helps that 
the game has made it easier than ever to um, train up a Pokemon competitively. Mm-hmm. Uh, a lot of the things from Sword and Shield that were designed to help you be able to train up a competitive Pokemon have returned, are available a lot earlier in the game than they were previously. You don't have to wait to the post-game. The threshold of when you can start like perfecting your Pokemon is a much lower level. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, even some mechanics, and like I wish this was better explained, but I do like that it's there at least, Certain old, uh, really obtuse mechanics have new ways of getting around them. Um, one of the most infuriating things about trying to breed a competitive Pokemon in the past was something called egg moves. Right. Um, where you could get a Pokemon to learn a move that it usually wouldn't be able to learn via breeding, mm-hmm. by breeding using one of the partners that can learn that move. But the problem is there's, that there's certain egg moves from generations past that there is no viable breeding target to teach the egg move in current games, and people who've transferred a Pokemon forward might just have access to a move that no one else does, unless they're going to go play an old game and bring it forward. The new method, uh, delete one of your Pokemon's moves that you want to learn the egg move, put it in a picnic with a Pokemon that does know that move, close the picnic, it knows the move now. Yay! Uh, Like, super simple, um... Uh, oh, I think one of them has to be holding a, a mirror herb, but like, yeah, it, it's, it is so much easier than like the previous method. I'm like, oh, that's so nice. I've gotten really into shiny hunting in this one. Yeah. Um, I'm you into shiny. Hunting? I know, I know. I'm, I'm closing up on my first full box of shinies, um, already. Um, putting aside the How obvious. How many in a box? Pardon? How many in a box? Uh, 32. Okay. I think I'm three spots away from Dud, so that would be, what, 29 shinies mm-hmm. so far? Um, putting aside the, the my issues with the lack of um, sparkle animation and sparkle visual on spawn... Um, actually, I, I, okay, I'm not going to put those aside yet. Um, I think that those are a problem, and I think they're an even bigger problem given the fact that many of this game's Pokémon have subtle changes to shiny forms... I keep discovering there's more of them than I'm aware of that have, like, mm, that that's disappointingly subtle. Um, but also, a lot of Pokemon are very physically small. And a game with a low visual resolution in the first place that then makes a Pokemon very small and then changes very little what the Pokemon looks like, mm. that's, that's not fun for shiny hunting. But now putting that aside... Um, now that I understand sort of how the, the, the gameplay loop, wo- loop works for shiny hunting of do high-end raids, get Herba Mystica, make good sandwiches, uh, save before you make the sandwich so that if you don't find a shiny you can reset and reuse these sort of rare ingredients, uh, spend 30 minutes uh, with boosted shiny odds and boosted encounter odds for a specific type of Pokemon, find a place where ideally... There is only one Pokemon that can spawn there of that type, so if you can find, say, a place where Charcadet is the only Fire-type in that area that spawns, make a Fire-type boosting sandwich, just everything that spawns will be Charcadet. Cool. And then you can go do your shiny hunt, uh, running back and forth until you see your shiny. Um, It's really enjoyable. Um, I've messed around a bit with mass uh, mass outbreaks for um, shiny hunting. Uh, They're good. Uh, honestly, I've not been, like, fussed about about them. You can do shiny hunting pretty quickly just fine without them, uh, in most cases. Um, yeah, I've gotten more into, like, competitive team building. 
with this gen than I have in basically any past one. Mm. This is the first one where I've gone, you know, you know, maybe I could build up a like a ranked competitive team. Maybe, maybe I could, I could start doing some ranked play online. Maybe I could give that a try this time. And I'm guessing it'll be a shiny ranked competitive team. I mean, eventually that would be the goal. <laughs> Uh, I'm, I'm not worrying about that yet, but, um, but yeah, I've been training, I've been training up a lot of, like, competitive end Pokemon just so that I have an easier time with doing the high-end raids, because they're definitely a lot more difficult than the raids were in Sword and Shield, mm-hmm. and they're the best way of getting the resources to then go do the shiny hunts. So I've been like, okay, let's actually look at making a competitively statted Pokemon, uh, so that I can... I'm 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 actually learning how the mechanics work for competitive properly so that I can get shiny hunting materials and I'm learning a lot. Um Belly Drum is a busted powerful move, it is ridiculous. Ba-dum, dum, dum. I can do that. Ba-dum, bum, bum. Yeah. Uh it basic it halves your health but quadruples your damage. And if you can then pair that with a move that like regains you health when it hits, mm-hmm. uh, you then do a four times damaging move and recover four times as much health, and that'll probably make up for the belly drum. Well, like, oh, I understand how this game works. Yeah, yeah. So not not much more to say other than that I'm I'm very I'm very down the Pokemon rabbit hole. Yay! And I acknowledge every problem that game has, and it's not stopped me from playing, like, I think I'm, like, 75 hours in on that second playthrough already. Let Laura enjoy the thing. Yeah, I enjoy a thing. And yeah. if you don't enjoy it, that's fine too, but don't tell me I'm wrong for enjoying it. Mm-hmm. What about you? What have you played this week? Uh, well, since last recording, I should say. Well, um, yes. So, I played a butt-ton of Oxygen Not Included. Yeah, tell me about how. Uh, tell me about that. This is a a game where basically your your main planet got blown up. There's now a bunch of asteroids and a bunch of seemingly repeated people. Well, well done for coming up with a narrative reason why there's only so many character models. Uh, why these uh, creatures are just replicated over and over and over again, and basically you're just trying to keep them alive by making sure they have enough food and oxygen. And that's really all they need. Yeah. You can also, you know, do things like getting them into space to go and, and discover out other asteroids. And making plastics and advanced clothing stuff. But in amongst that, it's a lot of, I'm trying to make these people have oxygen. But also, there is a very high risk, apparently, that they will just end up with a bunch of carbon dioxide. And the carbon dioxide is bad. Because the carbon dioxide will basically that that will, that will do bad things. Yeah, they'll they'll drown in in not good air. They'll drown in not good air. I've had a a, a good few of those happen. Like, uh, my current run, I'm on like cycle two hundred and forty, which is basically two hundred and forty odd days. Yeah, and I have uh, tunneled all the way to the surface of my asteroid. I am I have built a huge ventilation system that basically pumps carbon dioxide from. As low down as possible into space. Yeah. And never have to deal with it again. Yay! And you could say that is probably a waste of something, and I could probably be sucking the carbon out of yeah, it. Yeah, but you want your people not to suffocate. That's like priority number one. That was priority number one. Um, and and so far it's going all right. I've managed to find supplies of renewable water. I I think I might be about to find a way to uh, manage renewable. Um. Gold. I found a gold Ooh. volcano. 
A gold volcano. A gold volcano. Nice. So that will progressively produce uh, or periodically produce steam and gold. So we just need a way of farming the gold and and carefully managing the steam. Yeah. So, but but I've got, I've got some sort of systems going for like keeping water moving around and 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 making sure everyone has enough of everything. It seems to be working mostly okay so far. Nobody has has yet died. Well, okay, three or four people have died, but no one's died recently. Not within the last sixty or so cycles. Oh, that's pretty good going. That's yeah, like a couple right. of months. And that, that's usually just because they did something kind of silly. Yeah. The, the days since last fatality calendars like looking it's in all double right. digits. Yeah. I feel like that's an important aspect. Uh, yeah, I spent my first few days of, of playing this game thinking way too small. Because mm. although it, it does the decent thing of like, hey, you know how a lot of these games force you to go to a wiki? There's kind of a journal thing built in. Yeah. So you can go, what does this do? How is it connected? What might I get from this creature if it eats a particular type of food? All that information right there in the game. Don't have to go out to a wiki. And, and although it does kind of have a tutorial of, hey, here is the thing you might need to do. Here is the here is as an important piece of information about carbon dioxide. It sinks compared to oxygen. I think that's that's definitely more than most of these games will tell you. Yeah, it, it, it it's it's a good start, but I I had to sort of go onto YouTube and like look up, just like what can a base be more than anything else? Not necessarily hints or tips, but like what sort of thing should I be aiming for? And I realised where I had gone wrong was just making tiny little rooms and mm. tiny little things. What I needed to be doing was carving huge swathes out of this to build a huge base and find the you know the seeds i needed to make sure that everyone would have enough food hmm. and sort of that sort of thing and ju and just to get resources is generally just dig for things and to find uh and 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 utilize the volcanoes or, or vents and things like that and and as you move on and and things to super watch out for like zombie spores apparently if zombie spores get into your base there is a good chance that that is just game over for that whole place. I mean, yeah, no, that makes sense. Zombie spores sounds like the kind of thing that would decimate a small community very quickly. Yeah. And and also, like, not having any idea of how many is a good number of, of duplicates to have. Because mm. obviously work can potentially get done quicker, but also then I have to deal with more carbon dioxide and more needing more food. Food, it seems, hasn't become the biggest issue in the game. Yeah. But I, I have repeatedly had problems with, okay, I've managed to get rid of all the carbon dioxide, and I've largely dealt with all the polluted oxygen, and I'm trying to produce oxygen, but people are seemingly breathing it faster than I can produce it, but also at the same time, I've overpressurized my entire base, and now everyone has popped eardrums. And they're sad about that. I'd, yeah, I'd be sad about that too. That's an yeah, unpleasant yeah. feeling. But um, yeah, it is. It, it's it's a pretty deep management sim from the people who brought you Don't Starve. Yeah. Uh, and it, it feels generally less perilous than, than Don't Starve. It, so it feels like it wants you to do well. Uh, or at the very least, it doesn't want to punish you for things you had no way of knowing quite as much. Largely, yeah. Um, and, and like all the times I restarted at the beginning of the game... I could have kept going with them, 
The problem was never insurmountable. It's like, I don't think I'm doing this as well as I could. I'm going to start again. Yeah. So I'm now like on my fourth or fifth run from the from when I first started it, and that's the one that just has kept going and going and going. Because I do have that idea of scope. There's like, yeah, okay, I know I need to, do, to deal with polluted water, but rather than dealing with a little bit here and there, the easiest thing i found to do is dig it all together into one place and then either treat it or seal it off. Exactly. So, you know, I'm, yeah. I'm enjoying it so far. Uh, I probably won't have as much time necessarily in future as as, as I have spent on it recently yeah. to go in and, and, and just dive into it. But it it is definitely a game that you could really get into for huge periods of time and yeah. spend a lot of time on the nitty gritty of. But I have enjoyed my time with it so far. Hooray! What else have you played? Uh, I've not got a huge amount to say about it, but I've played the new update for Vampire Survivors. Yeah, same. Yeah, there's some, there's some fun new stuff in there. Yeah, it's more whole new level. survivors. We've got a whole new level. We've got a new yeah. hidden character. Yeah, it it it's more vampire survivors. It is. I I have nothing really to add other than that I'm glad they're continuing to add things to it. Yeah, and I don't mind that it's small amounts because it means that I can just pop in every now and then and go. Yeah, yeah, that was yeah. a couple of hours, and I got some more vampire survivors. Yeah, I really enjoyed that about it. Like it wasn't a huge update. It was just like. Hey, there's an update just to let you know. There's two new achievements uh, and a secret. Yeah, go. Cool. I was like, cool. So I I bopped in. the The two new achievements led me to the secret. The secret led me to the secret character. Yep. It it all Hurrah. very naturally led yeah. through itself. And and I have yeah. a, a large blue friend now. Yes. Uh, the other thing we've both played, uh, I've started playing, but I think you've put you you've put considerably more time into than mm-hmm. me. Is uh, the new Little Inferno? Uh, Little Inferno, just, just for me. Yeah, so the do you want Ho Ho Holiday? Expansion. Yeah, do you want to tell us about the Ho Ho Holiday update? Uh, so it's an odd one. So basically, it, it is DLC. You you start the game up, and it's like, do you want to play original or Ho Ho Holiday? It's like, okay, play the expa- play the expansion. You have your three chimney saves yeah. to go into. You go into it, and it appears to basically be pretty much exactly the same. You burn your yeah. terms and conditions. You burn the letter telling you, "Well done on burning your terms and conditions." You get your first calendar, and around that time, you also get the naughty and nice list. Yes. So, for anyone who's never played the original Little Inferno, it is a game about burning things that arrive in a catalogue. Uh, and you're trying to burn them in combinations to unlock more money to buy more things. It's because the world has got yeah. super cold. Yep, the world has gotten super cold. So buy a bunch of possessions to throw on the fire to keep yourself warm. Cap- credit is available. Yep, uh, ca- capitalism, capitalism, and the world freezing and burning. Uh, it's a fun one, that. Yeah, and and originally you had uh, your neighbour sugar plumps. Yes, who would just periodically send you letters, and you could yeah. burn them as well. Yeah, your, and your friend ask for things, yeah. and your friend who's also burning things on the other side of the wall. Yeah, yeah, and and, and stuff happens. No spoilers. Yeah, and and but obviously, like this is where where this update starts diverging because it's not sugar plum that it's you're not sugar interacting plums. with. It's eight uh, bit Nate. Yes. Who starts off as just this massive jerk gamer boy. Yeah. And then stuff starts to happen to him. Uh, again, no spoilers. Um, so basically, Nate entirely replaces the Sugar Plump's character. 
I think at one point you get a letter from Sugar Plumps going, at any other time, maybe in this exact time, in this exact place, somewhere else, we can be friends. Yeah. But obviously not here, not now. <laughs> Bye. <laughs> um, and that's kind of all you hear from her. Yeah. And then pretty much everything else in the game is is the same. You still have like occasional drop uh, like messages from the weatherman high above the city above the smokestacks. Yep. Reporting it's the weatherman constantly yep. talking about how snowy and cold it is. You're still burning many of the same items. You're still uh, burning well you still have the same I think seven catalogs, the yes. base catalogs, but you also have the naughty and nice catalog. Yes. Which is uh let me see what Maybe 20 new items? Yes. So you can either sort of do combos that involve burning them with each other, or more often than not, combining things from the new section with things from the old section to make new yep. combinations. Yep. So all of the original combos are still in there, and there are now combos involving some of, of the new stuff from those they, that uh, Naughty Nurse catalogue. More parts of that open up as you open, mm. as you complete all the other catalogues. So it's not just... Have you bought everything up up to a point? Because obviously, yeah. in the regular catalogue, it's like only a few items at a time yeah. are become available until you've you've burnt enough stuff. And the rather helpfully, the uh, uh, achievement combo list tells you if uh, one of the items yes. is from the naughty and nice list. It shows a little uh, snowflake on there. Yeah, and that is really helpful for sort of trying to establish. What is the the name of this this combo trying to point me towards? Mm. So obviously, if you remember or can work out enough of the stuff from the original, you've probably got a head for working out what the new combos are anyway. Yeah. And then you will eventually get through and you will have the whole story with Nate and what happens with Nate. And then... How spoilery do I want to be? <laughs> In the least spoilery terms possible, <laughs> outside of that extra catalogue and what happens directly in front of your fireplace and the fact that you have the, the little string lights hanging down at the sides yeah. instead of just the bare brick walls that used to be there in the base game, there isn't really a lot of change. No. Like, the story with Nate is is pretty much it. Yeah. And, and occasionally you will, if you know the end of the game... Occasionally there will be uh, Christmas lights wrapped yes. around various bits in the background. Yes, yes, I know exactly what you're on about. And 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 that's really about it. Like, yeah. not a lot has changed. It's one of those things where it feels like they could have just added in these catalogues into the like the original. Like, there's not. I mean, it is an expansion, yeah. so the it, it's not yeah. like trying to take over or anything. But no, but you know what I mean. It just it's felt like, like the the. Some of it felt a bit lazy, especially the yes. ending, but I, I kind of felt the original ending to Little Inferno was maybe a little on the lazy side anyway. I don't know. Especially I'm... since the dialogue choices never made a difference. I, I kind of liked the original ending, despite knowing that the, the dialogue choices didn't make a difference, but like, yeah. It, this doesn't feel like a thing that needed to be an additional story. It feels like it could have just been new items and combos... It could have been. I mean, I appreciated the Nate stuff, yeah. But I, I felt like it's... maybe more of a tweak to the ending, yeah, would have that than what yes. what we got was yes, 
because yeah. it all re- the, like as soon as you yeah there is a certain point at which it's just the other ending it's kind basically of. the other yeah. ending with christmas lights on yes it. um there is there is one item in the game very like right at the bottom of of the naughty and nice list which i don't think is a huge spoiler is uh basically a lifetime su- subscription for uh logs uh-huh. So if you order this item, it's the last item in the Naughty or Nice list, and basically uh, it will roll up the lights, and it will get rid of your little thing at the bottom for adding new items to the fire. Yeah. And then just like a log will drop through the chimney. And if you haven't, if you don't set it on fire fast enough, it will eventually catch fire on its own. And periodically more fire, more logs will just drop out of uh, out of the chimney at the top. And some of them will be special ones, so you'll get like one that looks like it's wrapped in in like festive paper, and it burns all different rainbow colours. Sometimes you'll get one that looks like it's out of Minecraft, and it will uh, burn with pixelated flames. Uh, sometimes you'll get a pink fluffy one, and it'll burn with pink flames. So a nice little festive fire fl- automated fireplace. Yeah. So basically, like the. The, the fireplace TV hour. channel, yeah, the ten hour fireplace yeah. thing, or, or, or the fireplace yeah. TV channel, it's actually quite. I had it on the other Honestly, day. I was like, yes. I like, I like that. That's a thing. It's quite uh, a nice little function. You can click to have the fairy lights come back down or not. Yeah. Okay, I like that. I quite like that as a, as yeah. a thing. Um, that's uh, that is a nice little addition. My only issue with that is there's a couple of um, combos that require that. Mm. It's quite an expensive item. Yeah. And as soon as that has been set fire to, you're not able to add anything else to it. You have to basically cancel out of that. Your subscription ends. The things stop dropping down the chimney. So basically what you have to do is get the other items you need for the combo ready. Then add that and make sure they all go off at once. Because otherwise you won't get the combo for them. Ouch. Uh, yeah, especially if you're fumbling around a little bit. Yeah, if you're um, trying to work out the solution, you don't know it for certain. Yeah, that's going to be frustrating. It is a little bit frustrating, but it, once once you've got it all, it's quite a nice thing to just yeah. go. Yeah, I'm just going to sit here and leave that on Aww. for a bit in the background. Get my oh, little crackly sounds. Um, have you been getting on well with it? Yeah, I've I've not put a huge amount of time into it so far. My big takeaway has been. It's more Little Inferno, and it's, it's, an e- Inferno. it's an excuse for me to come back to a game that I deeply, deeply enjoy. I really it's... enjoy it. I, I remember playing it on stream and some people being like, this isn't working for me. Yeah, I, I get that it's not for everyone. It it's one, of the, it's one of the first, like, indie games that I really remember, like, falling, uh, feeling, like, deeply passionate about. Mm. And this was when it was released on the Wii back in the day. Oof. And... I remember playing it on like my little box four by three CRT. Uh, I didn't know Little Inferno had come out on on Wii. I yeah, knew it came World of Goo. I think. Yeah, World that. of Goo, and then Little Inferno came out on Wii. Wow. Um, yeah, it's 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 a special game. That it's yeah. not for everyone, but it's a special no. game. I, I I can I get why a lot of people have trouble with it because like even though all the animals in it are stuffed animals. They do I squeak mean, sometimes. I mean, yeah, sometimes you'll set fire to what appears to be a toy school bus and then all the children will start screaming. Yep. Like, it's it it will it will unsettle at times. Yes. 
but uh, yeah. Um, oh, the other the other thing that uh, that annoyed me with this is it did happen kind of in the original. There's a couple of things where if you leave them in the fireplace for too long, they will basically break other things. Yeah. So you can't get combos out of them if if you've added, say, a diseased object. Yeah. Um, there are a couple of things like that that will just disappear yeah. certain objects from yeah. your fireplace. So again, you have to either place them really carefully at, at certain angles so that they don't interact with other things, or just like put them in last. Which, if you're yeah. going for a big combo with a bunch of stuff, can be a right pain in the ass. Yeah. Uh, what else have you played? Uh, well, we played a board game that I think we can do a very quick, simple uh, review of. Which one is it? Uh, we played Mysterium Park. We did! It's uh, Mysterium, but smaller. Exactly. Uh, it, it's basically Mysterium, but smaller. Yeah. Um, instead of trying to, to, to puzzle out... Th- so, Mysterium or- original is try and find a killer location and murder weapon with cryptic clue cards what that if cluedo are... had abstract art instead of dice rolling? yeah um so mysterium uh mysterium park only has two rounds you're just trying to find a person and a place um but and you... then you're trying to find the correct person and place yes but you have uh you you deal out a lot more people and a lot more locations yeah so you have a harder time of finding the one you're after but there are fewer rounds yeah, because there's basically yeah. nine total things laid down per round. Yes. And, yeah, I think the original, it's... Uh, it's five... I mean, I've only played... Yeah. It, it's, I think it's basically one more than the number of players. Yeah, so, yeah, we've typically done four players and there's five, but here we had four players and there were uh, nine things out. Yeah. Uh, but there's fewer rounds. Um a lot of its mechanics are basically the same. Yeah, it's it's very quick. Yeah. Uh, instead of the the crows, you have a uh, little uh, like circus tickets because all of it's set at a theme park. Yes, or a sort of a uh, uh, fun fair. Yeah, which it, which does kind of of cause a bit of a problem for the ghost with their abstract art. Yeah, and perhaps for for the for the um, psychics because. Very often you'll be like, yeah, I, I, I will. I, this thing might represent that in in yeah that... in, in 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 my particular vision, but also almost all of them are going to have like strings of yeah, lights there's... or something carnival based. Yeah, there's a lot of shared iconography. Like uh, strings of lights was the one we pointed out at the start would yeah. be completely useless to yeah. try and or animal Pinter. prizes. Yeah, well, that was it. Like animals. there were like four different things out that had well that. I feel like I'm being led to a stuffed animal bunny. That could be one of these four things, I guess. Yep. Um, Something led to a target. Well, maybe it's that game of skill or that game of skill. Yeah. It, it doesn't feel necessarily as well balanced, but it is an effective small box um, translation of Mysterium. It works just it's, fine. It's, it's only a slightly bigger box than like some of the, uh, the gambling games, the tiny epic games. Yeah. And we've got, what, like four of those? They're really nice. They, you know, don't fill too much shelf space. They're great if you don't have a huge amount of space. And as far as simplicity goes, I think that Mysterium Park is probably, like, I think probably the one I would more readily introduce people to now that I've played it. Maybe, yeah. Like, I do like Big Mysterium, but I think it can be... A lot of faffing about to sort of 
sort yes, out. It's, it's... And this is really contained. Yes. Uh, so yeah, that was Mysterium Park. Yeah. Uh, we also played a bit more Hogs of War. We did. We finally played us a, a second mission. Uh, it's been a while since we played it, so we had to refresh a bit. Yeah, uh, we watched the all-new How to Play guide, and it was crap. Uh, it's the same problem as with um, Steampunk, Steampunk Rally, Rally Fusion. Fusion. Don't do in-character cutesy instructional videos. Yeah, uh, like, but you can wear the you can wear the cool outfits, but don't put on a an accent that's difficult. Although this one didn't. No, this one had uh like vinyl crackle, vinyl crackling, and music that was slightly too loud. Yeah, and I'm like, mm, I get what you're going for, but uh, my brain. But also on top of that, there was like visual noise and like weird camera edits, like like rolling film and stuff. Yes. And it's like, yes, you've, you've really captured the idea you were going for, but it's it's really difficult Hard to, to learn take the from. Info. And yeah. also, like, there was a lot of stuff it just didn't cover. Yes. And um, I was like, okay, well, I'll just read the manual, because we, I mean, we originally played just from the manual when yeah. having read that, and true, that took us a while to read through, but I, I think ultimately the manual isn't badly written. Yeah. Which helps. Um, but yeah, we played we played another sort of pig based uh, little war game. Yeah, so this uh, is the Hogs of War miniature game as opposed yeah. to the Hogs of War card game yes. or the Hogs of War uh, PS One game. Yes, so this is a sort of hex based uh, scenario war game. Yep. Uh, this particular scenario, um, the big thing you could get victory points for was destroying the uh, buildings. buildings that the yep. other side had built. Yeah. Um. And I played with a very big gun. And I foolishly put two buildings too close together. Yep. Meaning that you basically needed to hit them once to <laughs> basically, to pretty much win the game. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so I, I had a gun that I could use resources to fire once per round, as long as I kept the resources for it. And if I got, like, the roll I needed, it would blow up a big, like, a big hex area. Yeah. And, um... Yeah, because Jane had put two buildings, like, one hex apart. I was like, okay, I'll aim right between the two. And when I eventually got my successful roll, it's like, oh, that's all the points I needed to win in one yep. explosion. Yep. Because uh, the, yeah, the other thing, I was struggling to get onto the mountain to try and claim the the single strategic point back. Because there was a point right in the middle of the map that was like, if you can claim this, this is worth a point per round. Yes. And it was like, well... I kind of have to take it on my first go, and then you immediately took it back from me. Yeah. Because of uh, I was first player in that particular scenario, which means you got the last turn and got to take it from me. And then subsequently, I couldn't get close enough to it without putting myself because it was up a mountain. It meant that I was putting myself in a lot of danger of just being shot immediately. Yeah, and uh, because the because of the upgrades you had on your um your particular characters, that meant that you were getting a huge advantage on on shooting at, me. at a particular range. Yeah, yes, yes. I I I can't. I I got as quick as I could on that uh that objective that was going to get me points over time, and then gave myself exactly the upgrade to make it difficult to come and take yeah. it. Because the point was that it takes two uh, action points to get onto the mountain. Yes. And you basically, because you'd managed to get up there and stay up there for a really long time, you were doing fine. Um, it was it was one of those times where I really wish I'd spent more time 
familiarizing myself with like and and thinking ahead a bit at the beginning of the game. Yeah. But I think by the time we faffed about with it's it's quite a big setup because yes. it's a uh, neoprene mat or a board if you've got the the standard edition and then you put all these little bits of of um like cardboard terrain onto that like it's not raised or anything but it's like this uh cluster of hexes represents a mountain and the, if you flip that over it's rivers and then these little cluster of three hexes that represents like a small amount of forest and these will all come with cover bonuses then you've got like roads that are four hexes long mm. and you there's quite a lot of like looking in the in the uh, campaign book and going, okay, this is the map I'm laying out, and making sure everything's in the right order, and then making sure that you've put all of your stuff in the right place. Yeah, it's it's a bit of a faff. It is a bit of a faff. Um, but I think if we can maybe get another game in before not too long, we might be able yeah. to sort of retain all that, and then sort of sit there at the beginning and actually think about what to yes. do because. Like, my first turns were, like, so wrong. And I, I heard you also making a view, ah, oh, no, I did that wrong. Yeah. I was like, oh, yeah, I want to get my... That's always the way with a big, complex game like yeah. this, where it's like, you spend your first few turns just getting the mechanics back under yeah. under wraps. But, I mean, you you had your idea, like, down from, like, step one. You were like, okay, I know what I'm doing. I'm going to build R&D. I'm going to build the chop shop. I'm leaping <laughs> onto that railgun. I was like, well, the railgun's gone, and that's the best one. So I'm just not going to, like, rush now to do that. And what I was like, oh, I'm going to sort out my economy and make sure I've got, the, you know, the most amount of money coming in. And I got to the end of the first round and was realised, like, I've got full money. I can't make any more. I can't spend yes. any of it. Mm. I had the same problem. I didn't unlock any of my other uh, troop types on that first round. Yeah. Which meant that, like... That first round, I had all this money and was like, I have literally nothing to spend it on because yep. all my grunts are out and I don't, I didn't unlock another unit type. Like, I'd have delayed going for the big railgun by one turn just to get some other unit to be spending funds yeah. on. But yeah, um, and there were a few other points where I was, I bought things and then didn't end up using them. Yeah, uh, like I bought the snipers and never, I don't think I ever put a sniper onto the field. It, because I because I, I worked out that it made more sense because of the positioning of your troops and the positioning of your bunkers to just get a like a heavy weapons expert with a bazooka yeah. to just shoot over the mountain at you. Yeah. <laughs> um, had you not had both of your buildings within one shot of each other, I think the game would have been a lot more uh, close to the line. Yeah. Because the position I got into was I had uh, I had staked all of everything I had on this rail cannon taking out your bases. Yep. I was so low on troops and like could not afford to keep putting new troops in but also keep firing the cannon. And we were like one turn away from me having no troops to work with yep. and you being able to just march in and take that center point on the thing. And oh, I didn't need the center point. I was yeah. like a turn away from absolutely wrecking your bunkers. Oh yeah, no, I know my bunkers <laughs> were in, in, yeah, if you'd have taken out three bunkers as well, like there's, there was, I was in a lot of danger yeah. and I was really just like, I know, I know I'm in danger. I just have to keep firing the big gun at those two buildings yeah. and hope it St is. Statistically, it was going yeah. to happen eventually and it did and, and you won. 
But it was um, it was a it was a good get. We took very different strategies, yeah, and it yeah. could have gone either way. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. I just wish I'd I'd thought about more of my moves better. Oh, same. I I thought I know knew what I was doing, and I think it is some of some of it is familiarizing, like take not not feeling rushed, mm. but also like not wanting. I think I need to take more of a chess approach to to a lot of the war game stuff. Like yeah. also when we played War of the Ring. Mm. It's like I just it's quite a big game. It's going to take quite a long time. I feel like maybe I should be trying to get some some pace on. And what I should probably be doing is going, no, think about it. What do what are the reactions? What what plan ahead a bit more than than just I think this troop does the right kind of damage or lets me roll the right kind of dice that are going to let me actually do some damage to you in that position. Because as soon as I, you were off the mountain, like, I was I was so ready to go, but it was all too late. <laughs> so, what else have you played? Uh, I think that's it for me. Have you yeah. played anything else? Oh, I think I've probably played a couple of things. I played some Railbound. Oh, I yeah. we talked about this yeah. a little while ago. Uh, yeah, I've been, been enjoying that. I'm a good chunk of the way, I think, through that. I, I, not sure how many worlds there are. I think I'm on world six or something. Mm. Um, it's, it's just an adorable little puzzle game of trying to make train carts fit onto the back of a, a locomotive in the correct order. Yeah. Be they through tunnels or through other things or making them stop at the correct stations to pick up the right people in the right order before getting to the thing or, or, or hitting, um, points track or, or points controls to make various things mm. move it's it gets to be a bit of a head scratcher and the fact that you've got you, you're not wrong you've got a lot of levels that are just here is the level and then you might get a oh but here's that level a or b <laughs> now why not try it now with say less pieces of track mm-hmm. or there is a, a, a an unpassable or un, un, unusable space yeah. At a really awkward point on the board, work around that now with yes. the same resources. Like fuck. But uh, yeah, it's it's a fun little head scratcher. Uh, it's it's beautifully animated. It's oh, it's the very art's cute. It's gorgeous. Yeah, and the, there's the little incidentals. Yeah. Uh, between the play areas, the little dogs just, driving their trains. The little dogs driving the trains. They're adorable. Yeah. And good friends. What else? I played the block. <gasps> Uh, we we played. Have the you block. also played the blog? Uh, am I not thinking of the the board game that we played with with friends? That's block by block. Oh, that's block by block. Oh no, we okay. I haven't played the, the block. What is the block? The block is a. It it builds itself as the world's smallest city builder. Oh, this I've downloaded it. I haven't started playing it yet. Yeah. I, I have played it, and I feel I have seen everything there is to see in this ga- g- game. Uh, yeah. Yeah. So it it's got a very like populous almost art style. Mm. Uh, and basically you can pick a size of grid from extra small to extra large. It starts with a, a basic on medium and you have very limited controls. You have like a Q and E to rotate ninety degrees the little isometric view of, of this square that you are working on to build a city and you basically get 
per level or per per generated area mm. a, a a an assigned set of tiles yeah so those tiles might be different types of buildings and you might have like okay these are uh uh roofed buildings and they've got like uh like your traditional like pointy pointy roof on on either side and then like the is it the gable end the, the yes yeah the the triangly bit on the end <laughs> and and some of them will be different heights and then there also might be uh maybe there's a church thrown in there and there there is usually so there'll be different heights of buildings maybe there might be slightly different styles of buildings that you'll be assigned uh i've had like a church thrown in there as well they're obviously very tall you can like individually rotate those and then you've got usually like a flat thing and that might be just a blank path that you could lay out uh, around the buildings mm. or you might have uh like it, it's sort of on that flat path style tile but maybe it's got like a little couple of little market stalls mm. or maybe it's got a couple of trees or what i'm fairly certain are supposed to be like lampposts mm. and you can like right click to go i don't want that type of thing i need one of these right now um and 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 then you place it all down and once it's completely filled up uh you get a little jingle and and it's instead of doing the quick 90 degree flicks around it just does a little slow pan and you can slow pan around it and then when you're done you can just either press r to get a, a new space which might have new tiles in it Oh, that's it. Yep. Uh, this does not surprise me. The reason why I hadn't rushed to check it out today uh, was that it was like, yeah, the world's smallest uh, city builder, dot, dot, dot. Uh, let me see if I can find the thing. I saw some somewhere in the press release to do, uh, yeah, um, please note that the block is a very small game, more of a digital toy. Yes. And I was like, cool, I've set my expectations correctly for mm-hmm. this. Um. It does not seem like it is a thing about challenge. It's just a nice thing to play around with, and yeah. that is it. Um, the price is not currently listed on Steam. It's not out until December sixteenth. Yeah, and the developers um, have said that it is it is going to be a cheap game. Yes, uh, there, there's a little news post on the Steam page that's like, "Yep, the price is going to be it's going to be very low on price, very high on vibes." And I'm like, "Yeah, yeah if this is suitably cheap, maybe." Yeah. It I it feels like the kind of thing, and this is probably going to sound really weird, or maybe even uh, not necessarily good for the developer. This is the kind of thing I want to play when I'm having a really dark, depressive episode. No, I, I, <laughs> I, 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 I get what you mean. There's no score. There's, 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 I don't have to fret about anything. I just put tiles down and and make a I sat and played with a digital toy. Yeah. And now I made it and it looks pretty. It 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 I feel like it falls into that category of uh was it Townscaper? Yeah, yeah. It's it's slightly less control than 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 Townscaper. <laughs> so Townscaper had that like quite beautiful art style. You could change the the colors of the buildings yeah, and like you were the heights down. you were building at. The heights yeah. you were building at. So sometimes you'd end up with like big stilts running down to the water. And and that was like a really quaint like way, and you could eventually build that sort of as big as possible. Yeah. Um, this is just very much a 
you can just put the tiles down on this this small space, and once you're finished, it's done. Yeah. And when you regenerate, you will potentially get completely different tiles. And if you don't like the, the six or so different tile tile types you've got, just press R, do it all again. Yeah. It doesn't matter. Um, I don't think it's going to be a lot of people's cup of tea. Yeah. But hopefully the the store page, and I, I checked out the store page earlier as well, uh, hopefully the store page is going to make that clear. Yeah. Because I've seen people in the in the community hub on, on that game just going, but what is it? Why is the point of the thing? I, I think it's, like, it's to the game's benefit it currently has a demo available on Steam, yeah. and I really hope that they keep that demo up even once the game is available to yes. purchase. Um... Yeah, I, and I, I think, I you know I haven't played the de- the demo version, so I don't know what that consists of, but I can I can see from looking at the community hub that people are like, what is going to be different? What should I expect more of? And I, it, it feels like the answer to that's going to be not much. Not much. Maybe maybe some different tile types. Maybe the fact that I think the map sizing thing is is a different thing. Yeah. The the main problem I had with the largest map size is. If you've been going, like, as the next tile is generated and going, I'm going to put this over here or yeah. over here, sometimes because of that just 90 degree rotational oh. thing, you might find it really difficult to work out where you haven't placed something. Yes, there's a square somewhere and I can't see it. Yes, especially uh. if you've got, like, lots of tall buildings and then, like, paths between them. Yeah. It's like, oh dear, I have kind of you, run you myself You can't just floor. top down view it nicely. And it's like, no, that has brought stress into my nice relaxing place. <laughs> like, I feel what might be a nice addition if, if they could add it would be like a, a a little button to press and it does like a little halo up from like yeah. where, where are empty spaces that you haven't filled yet to yeah. sort of help mitigate issues like that. But apart from that, like I can see this just being a fun fun thing to sit and potter with, and if I think if the price is right, I think I think certain types of people will really chill. Yeah, with that. the the price is going to be key for something like this. Yeah, I think so. Like pop some lo-fi on, and yeah, maybe get yourself a, a nice cup of something warm and 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 cozy, yeah. and, and build yeah. a town for fifteen minutes, an hour, two hours, an evening, if that if yeah. that's what works for you, but. Yeah, it's 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 harmless entertainment, and yeah, a bit of bit of harmless doesn't really hurt anyone. Uh, well, is that everything we've done? That is everything. <gasps> well then, time for this. Hi, you're the you're the you uh, you're the joining us for the first time this week. Oh yeah, hi. Yeah, welcome to Warm Club. It's like a, basically just a little social gathering. We get together, we share a meal, keep ourselves warm together. It's just like a, just a nice little community thing. Mm, yeah. So uh, I can show you around if you'd like. Oh yes, please. Okay, so over here we've got uh, over here we've got food prep. They're making up a, a huge lentil curry at the moment. That should be uh, very filling and warming. I think they've probably only got about about twenty minutes left, guys. Yeah, yeah, the, that'll be ready soon. Over here we have the uh, group therapy therapy area. You can, you know, if you talk through some things if you if you're struggling at all, and 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 there's there's a few people here who are actually trained professionals, so they can they can help actually deal with that in a, a more meaningful way than you know just mm. just generally chatting. Over here we have crafting workshops. 
So there's all sorts of things you can do. Everything from uh, crochet, uh, knitting, uh, like screen printing, things like that. Ooh. Right up to how to design a pithy yet entertaining banner. And now over here we have woodworking shops. So you could want to build yourself some shelves from discarded fortlift pallets or, or build a small community garden out of disused forklift pallets or work out how to build a guillotine from items you might find on your way to a billionaire's mansion. And now over here we've got uh, the legal advice workshops and they deal with everything from uh, interacting with the police, how to vouch for yourself in the workplace, if there happens to be workplace di disputes, anything like that. They can help you with your right to protest against social inequality, things like that. Now next door to them of course we have the collective action workshops. They can uh, you know, help with things from uh, making your collective voice heard in the workplace, something like how to organise uh, and gather a group of like-minded individuals in a similar situation to, for example, rise up against those in power who, let's say, just, you know, hypothetically have wrung this country and its people dry for the last 12 years or, you know, or, 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 or whatever. Totally random example, that. Yeah. Well, thanks for bringing me lunch, huh? Oh, I, I hope you enjoy it. I hope you enjoy it. Um, hmm. Some... So, something, something wrong about, something wrong with your sandwich? I can tell you've been playing a lot of, of, of Pokemon, hon. I, I, I see I... you've got this little, this little squirtle flag here in, here in the top. Yeah, that's to hold all the ingredients in place. It's a very temperamental stacking arrangement. It, it is uh, a leaning tower of meat-free turkey and... Is this some kind of plant? I, 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 there are some very salty herbs in there. There are some very salty herbs you in there. You know I have a heart conditioner. I have to well, be really it's careful not technically salt. salt. It's a plant. It's just a plant that tastes salty. Salt is the most powerful flavour for a sandwich. Every sandwich needs more salt flavour. I mean, I'm having to be really careful about these things. And also, I, I get the desire to try new things, but I'm not sure I'm ready for, for a continental open sandwich. The top slice of bread in a sandwich is a scam. It just it just risks toppling the ingredients for no payoff. You it, don't get any stat buff on your sandwich for the top piece of bread. Why would it get a stat buff for my throw sandwich apart from deliciousness? Top the, throw the top piece of bread off. It is it is it is an unnecessary risk. I want to just be able to pick up my sandwich and also get more mayonnaise on it. Well, well, if you want to get more mayonnaise on it, next time come help me make the sandwich because then we get larger bread to work with and considerably more buffs if we assemble the sandwich in co-op. I don't mind making my own sandwich. No, we've got to just... do it together. We get buffs for doing it in co-op. Hang on. Is this a Scarlet and Violet thing? Yeah, this is Scar yeah, it's a Scarlet and Violet thing. You've been playing a lot of Scarlet and Violet recently. Yeah. 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 Did, did, you, did you know that a 10% margin of ingredients falling on the floor is entirely acceptable? I mean, I did wonder that when I went out to get there to get the sriracha. You can speed up procreation with the right combination of meats. You keep your procreative meats away from me baron i'm remaining baron forever i'm sorry i'm just trying to learn to do sandwiches good i think i'll just make my own sandwich i'm sorry more mayo more sriracha sriracha is only good if you're making a sandwich with a sweet and spicy flavor profile all of my sandwiches should have sweet and spicy flavor profile not if you want shinies i don't want a shiny sandwich i want a delicious sandwich you can't just put edible glitter on smudge. It's a shiny now. So, huh. 
what have you put in your eyes? Uh, we put a few things in our eyes together. We did. We've been um, a busy beans. Should we start with the one that we finished just before uh, recording oh. this? Ugh. Oh, you want to start with oh. that? Uh, don't give Netflix any money, but let's don't talk about let's talk about Wednesday. So this is a it's Tuesday. <laughs> uh, so this is a live action what eight episode show. Uh, Loosely themed around Wednesday Adams from the Adams family, uh, separated from the rest of the what Adams family. What if Wednesday family? was at high school? Yeah, there there are some choices made here that are going to feel a little out of place with typical uh, Adams family material. Mainly, Wednesday Adams' uh, contentious relationship with her mother is feels a little out of place. Maybe, but uh, I mean, I've not read any of the cartoons i my all of my adam's family knowledge comes from watching a few of the black and white episodes when i was very little they used to be repeated on i think channel four when i was a kid yeah um, so i watched a bunch of that and then obviously the 90s movies it's it, it's very much a thing of like originally originally the, the 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 adam's family were created to be a sort of parody of dysfunctional uh, sitcom families with the intention being that no no those things just aren't problems they're just they're j- they, they may seem spooky and scary but they are just a family who love each other they're a family who love um, each other unconditionally yeah and- um and the, the, the i i think uh, it's it's also that sort of husband and wife that don't see each other as just the worst thing in the world. Yeah. And Which for the time was pretty groundbreaking. I will say, I really liked their casting of Gomez Adams. I thought it yeah. was like great casting for it. Um, but like generally this is Wednesday Adams gets thrown to a boarding school uh, because she does a very Wednesday Adams violent act and gets kicked out of her previous school. Yep. Um, for very justifiable reasons, even if potentially an overreach. It it does feel like the kind of weird that they wouldn't have just put Wednesday in the school that she got sent to anyway. Yeah. Like, it was her mum's old school, and her dad had also been there too. Yeah. And, like, Fester had apparently hung out there at some it, point. It seemed like they cr- contrived a reason for her to be shipped to this school that didn't really need to exist, but... Uh, yeah. But it's it's basically It was a fun intro though. Yeah, it was it was indeed a fun intro. Um it is it is much more of a monster of the week mystery show. And that, it's no. got real Scooby Doo vibes to it. Yeah. It's uh, so it's one consistent mystery, but it's basically, hey, you're at a school for we're gonna call it a school for misfits. It's a school for people generally with like some kind of magical affliction. Yeah. Um, be they sirens or werewolves, yeah, or, or just Medusas. or just a goth that Bobbins. threw some piranhas in a pool once, or a goth who, yeah. yeah, it's it's a weird mix of like it's not officially called a magic school, like a like a weird creature school because like that's not all of what they are, um, but there is some kind of monster doing big big murder, big murder, and. Ooh, Wednesday Adams is a d- amateur detective who's going to solve the mystery while writing her novel about a detective kid and also being the most Gen X, uh, completely emotionally flat Wednesday Adams character possible. I mean, I feel like they captured classic Wednesday from yeah. like uh, Christina Ricci era. Uh, from from like Adam's family and Adam's family values. I, 
I think they did a good job of portraying Wednesday as a character who is trying very, very, very hard to act like she doesn't care. Um, and putting her in situations where that is pushed up against. Mm. And there being consequences for her acting the way that she does. Yes. Um, and demonstrations of the fact that, like, I get it, but it is not always to your benefit Wednesday, and maybe, maybe, maybe not always that is the answer. Mm-hmm. Um, I generally found it a well-acted, well-written mystery. I think Gwendolyn Christie plays an amazing yep. head teacher. Uh, <laughs> should we talk about the, the elephant in the room the, the, the Tim Burton racism. Uh, well, that's one of the elephants in the oh, room. Okay. Uh, so yeah, there's Tim Burton racism. Do you want to talk about that first, and then I'll get to the other bit? Yeah. So I, I, one of the f- things that struck me really early on with this is, first of all, is very white. Yes. Apart from like Gomez and Pudsley, who disappear almost immediately. Yeah. Like they're basically only in two episodes. Yes. And even then, not those whole episodes. And even then, not those whole episodes. They're, then the fact that you've got the mayor is black. Mm-hmm. They're the the like the first bully that Wednesday meets yes. is black. Uh, her mum has some very concerning connections that are sort of hinted or, or sort of outright said in like a mid-season yeah, episode yeah. and it feels like if they get a second season there will be oh, a lot more of yeah. that, that going yeah. on then they're like even even though that character like has a bit of an arc yeah like she very much starts as a bully there's the mayor's son yeah. who is a a bully Although it seems like there there might be some attempt to like yeah. change him in future, it, but generally like there's they they do a lot of of heavily like hey the very few black characters that exist either get killed or are part of the group of bullies and some of them get redeemed but you really don't see black people outside of person who gets killed and group of bullies that may or may not feel bad about it later yeah in a way that's like. Yeah, I've yeah. also I've also and I, I looked yeah. this up last night because I was like, I'm not. I don't think I'm just imagining this. No, and the the internet is already awash with. Don't forget that Tim Burton said in 2016, uh, when asked why his movies are so white, he said sometimes a movie calls for a thing and sometimes it doesn't. Yeah, mm. yeah. It, there's a couple of times where it, it, there'll be a certain shot and you just go. Yeah, this is the only context for seeing black people in this, huh? Um, yes. Uh, yeah, so the other thing is... Uh, let's talk about co-option of queer language yes. uh, for for uh, for very forced metaphors uh, about, about monster identities. Yes. Uh, so there are two in particular um, moments that jump to mind on this um, and they both feel just completely fucking tasteless and tactless yep um one of them there's a there's a there's a girl who's a werewolf and uh, she's from a family of werewolves but her she's not transformed into a wolf properly yet and it's a bit past time that like the rest of her family have done and it seemed like it was going to be a late blooming puberty metaphor mm. but then it turned into a uh, and like literally this is what they say you're sending me to conversion camp for werewolves. Um, yep. 
They're going to send her to a camp to be like, hey, we're going to encourage you to turn into a wolf for the first time. That's presented as, as specifically, it's called conversion therapy camp yep. for werewolves. And I'm like, hmm. Um, the other one is later on in reference to uh, what type of monster a person is. Um, oh, yeah. Uh, I didn't ask what they identify as. Yeah. And it's like very pointedly said. It's very yeah. like. I didn't. Uh, oh, yeah, it's what they identify as. Yeah, it's like I didn't ask what kind of what kind of creature they are. No, it's they they identify as. Yeah, and both of them feel really pointed and weird and out of nowhere. The conversion it feels like they kind of wanted to get some representation in, but also didn't want to get the, any representation. The in. conversion therapy one feels like a fucking punchline. It feels like they want you to laugh at it. Like it feels Maybe. like like we I, both I, sat here and just went ew. Yeah, yeah. Um, and it feels all the more frustrating given that, uh, there, there is one gay couple in the show, um, the, uh, that one kid's pair of mums. Yeah, and again, like, they are the typical Disney-fied... They appear for two seconds to say, hey, we're gay. Standing we're gay. two feet apart. Yes. Um, <laughs> we are in the doorway. We are We are that character's mums. Goodbye. It is very noticeable that, like, there is no queer representation within, like, the main cast of named characters. Like, I don't think we know yeah. either of those mums' names. And, like, if... They if, might be mentioned, they might have been but mentioned, I don't remember. But, like, they certainly aren't, like, driving... For like, in any way driving forces in the narrative. No, I think they appear, like, twice more in the yeah, series. Yeah, like... Yeah. And even then it's like, oh yeah, hi, we're just popping in. It's, Bye. It 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 would have felt different if one of the like dozen or so characters that were like recurring speaking characters had been it, it still would have felt forced, but at the very least, like it wouldn't have been so nothing about us without us. Especially like, considering what you were telling me about the promotion. Oh, when's, for when's this? gay? So yeah, so apparently the the, is never. So apparently there was a promotional event for this that involved uh, a drag act performing, and the event was called When's Gay. Um, Netflix also apparently tweeted a bunch of images of um, two of the primary female characters um, together, and a lot of hashtags that were things like OTP, uh, like relationship goals, a lot of things in, like trying to imply that they were going to be they were going to be queer, and no, they're not. It yeah. it really fucking feels like they were. Very fucking tone deaf. Yeah, and for all their like attempts to to force stuff in, there was a point really early on, early on in the series where there's like, so I think someone assumes that some killer is is uh male. Yeah, and and is like what 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 well who is he who is who is he, and then somebody else comes back with a or she. Yeah. And it's like, of all the characters in the world, I can see Wednesday being the perfect person to turn around and go, those aren't the only options. Wednesday is a perfectly poised character to call out a line like that and go, hey, hey, just so you know, it's bullshit you comparing your thing to conversion therapy. Don't do that. Like, Wednesday's yeah. a character who'd be really well positioned to call that bullshit out. Uh, and it's frustrating, because it's... It's a it's a well written and performed mystery that I generally enjoyed, but like that there's, I can't there's recommend. A, there's a lot to, to enjoy in it, but I would not recommend. Oh it no, it. no, I wouldn't recommend it. No, no, no. Uh, what about you? Did you watch anything this week? I watched. Hang on, I need to get the name of this correct. <laughs> 
Roblox underscore oof dot mp3. Yeah. Uh, it's an H-Bomber guy video. It sure is. It's time for one of his three videos a year. Yep. Wow, this is is quite the the rabbit hole. Yeah. So it starts off about a a that oof sound that you may have heard that oof yeah. sounds from Roblox being the oof sound from Roblox. But what if it wasn't from Roblox? What if originally it was in the game Messiah? Do you know Messiah? No, I don't know Messiah. Tell it me was, about Messiah. It was a... I think early two thousands game where you play like a cherub, oh, and you're like yes. running around. I think there's a lot of possession people. Yeah. I owned it and I don't remember a damn thing about it. I think it was by possibly by Shiny Entertainment, mm. uh, who also did MDK. Like I, I barely remember anything about this. That sample is from that game, right? <laughs> so it's not even the Roblox thing. It's a yeah. reused sample. Then. It just goes on this whole thing about the person who owns the rights to that and claims that they created it and some of that person's other claims and then just goes on this wild spiral for like an hour and 45 minutes. Yeah, yeah, I have this queued up to watch. I'm just not emotionally prepared for it yet. <laughs> it's just, it's confusing and kind of funny and just like, I, like, I didn't care anything about this person. Or or have any reason to even know who they were? Like apparently they were reasonably known within the gaming scene. Yeah. Did I see right that it was like Tommy Tallarico or yes. someone? Yeah, I don't know who that is, or uh, I didn't know who that was before this video. Yeah, no, I I'd, I'd seen mentions of Tommy Tallarico doing the rounds, and I was like, wait, is this who this video is about? Yes, he he, Tommy Tallarico Studios own that sample. Well. Yeah, Tommy, Tommy Tallarico sure has made some claims in his fucking career. He, he has. I knew nothing about this guy. So, like, all of this stuff, like, it was like, oh, yeah, he used to appear on, on TV doing, like, video review stuff of, yeah. of various games and things. And Tommy Tallarico Studios was named in a bunch of video games. And this guy is like, yeah, I've been on MTV Cribs a few times. And I've got a bunch of Guinness World Records and... Various other claims, and yeah, it's just a wild ride. And and maybe if you know who some of the people are involved, you'll get more out of it. But I was like, this man is just a strange fantasist. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no. Like the most recent, like notable thing he did is he became CEO of Intellivision and yes. tried to create that new Intellivision console that crowdfunded a bunch of money and then venture capitaled a bunch of money and does not exist. Yep. Yeah. Yeah, there's a whole bunch of stuff about the Intellivision things oh, yeah. and some claims made around that that might land in court. Yeah. <laughs> it's, just, it's a so wild as, ride. Look, as soon as I knew that Tommy Tallarico was involved, I was like, I'm... I need to be in a stable place to go on this kind of emotional spiral. So have you... I mean, obviously, you're more of the gaming journalist than I am. Oh, so. yeah, I'm, I'm aware of Tommy Tallarico. I'm yeah. aware of this. I... Uh, he's He's been a constant figure of just being around. Yes, I think it was G4 TV. Yeah, yeah, yeah he's been fucking everywhere. <laughs> yeah, that was, that, that was an interesting and wild ride. If you've got some time to kill... 
or you want something on in the background that will occasionally make you look over and go, I'm sorry, what? I'll I'll get around to it. <laughs> it's yeah, it's it's not a bad time. What about you? you watched anything else? Uh we watched a movie called Slumberland. We did. We did. Um it's, that certainly is a movie. That certainly We is had a... some thoughts about that. Yeah, yeah. So it is a sort of family oriented <laughs> <laughs> yeah what if um, a family died uh, yeah so it's a film about like hey what if you and your dad small child what if you lived in a lighthouse and then your dad mysteriously died one night now you've got to go live with your autistic coded uncle who is not equipped to look after a kid and then also what if you could go on dream adventures and maybe somewhere down in the dream adventures there's a magical thing that'll let you wish for whatever you want in your dreams and bring bring your back to uh, your dad back so you can have a conversation with him a MacGuffin you say a MacGuffin with the implication being you you're gonna have your dad back but only in your dreams and then you're never gonna want to wake up so go on dream adventures to go get your dad back but only while you're sleeping sleep forever maybe visually very very striking yeah yeah I I enjoyed like a lot of the uh like set design stuff there's like some really fascinating scenes that reminded me a little bit of things like uh, the original Doctor Strange with that sort of yeah fractal patterning, especially one of the scenes in the in the bathroom. Yep, uh, there are moments that definitely feel like they visually lift a lot from like the the first season of Loki. Yeah, in terms of some of the stuff they do, some of their the the, the visual identity of some of their framing device. Yes, it is. I have thoughts on this film. <laughs> I'm, I'm Is gonna it just g- about Chris O'Dowd? Or? <laughs> Let's talk about Chris O'Dowd. Okay. Chris O'Dowd plays a character who's clearly inte- like portrayed as uh, autistic, or at the very least... Uh, May have been based aut- on someone. Yeah, portrayed with autistic mannerisms. Um, yeah. He is, he is a, a doorknob salesman slash collector who can tell you everything about the history of doorknobs. Yeah. And that, that, that when that character is intru- introduced... As somebody who likes everything a certain way, yeah, and has this collection of a very yeah. niche interests, and and has tons of knowledge that he yeah. is happy to share, or like even when he attempts to tell a bedtime story, it's yeah. What if somebody had done imperial measurement rather than metric <laughs> on a doorknob? Yeah, and like like that was really sweet and oh, we both had to say going we're yeah. both autistic aren't we that's good to know <laughs> yeah because here's the thing like for the for the most part of it i thought it was going to be a really sweet story about like um autistic person learning how to make accommodations to fit this child into his life and child going actually new autistic caregiver is actually very sweet and is trying very hard and i should be giving him more of a chance than i yeah. am and, and also you know recovering or getting over the loss of a loved one yeah. and maybe the fact that the answer is not always to to retreat into into your yeah. fantasies and like some of that for is the most of the film that yeah seems um, to be the case yeah look i'm look it's i'm gonna talk should we do mod. a spoiler for two minutes spoiler for two minutes if you don't okay. want to give me a second no. i will start a timer okay okay we haven't started yet. okay and go Okay, um, so it turns out that, um, th- this character isn't autistic, 
he's, he's just missing a part of himself. Uh, he's just missing a part of himself. A puzzle piece, perhaps. <laughs> and if he has this part of himself back that was lost somehow in his childhood, uh, he'd be a normal, functional human again. Yeah. Um, it's the adventurous, fun bit of him. And the the happy sort of conclusion to the narrative is... Oh, we we went into his dreams and we got back that bit we of him. We fixed him. We fixed him. He's now a big adventury, confident type, and he's not. Uh, he was never. He was never interested in doorknobs. He just settled on them because he lost a part of himself, and all he could see himself doing with life was door- being obsessed with doorknobs. But now he can live a normal life and be a normal person, and like actually raise this kid. Now he's not uh, autistic coded anymore. He can be a parent now because he's not autistic. Uh, we managed to get all that out in a minute yeah. And that is about the time we both lost interest in this film Yeah, yeah, yeah As soon as I knew that fucking uh, uh, What's the other guy's name? Um, Jason Momoa yeah. As soon as I realised Jason Momoa was like Oh, that's 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 your missing piece, is it? <sighs> My interest spiralled downward Yeah It's a real shame Because like I was generally enjoying it Other yeah. than that I, I, I uh, I really thought the lesson was going to be don't you you retreating into your fantasies is is not necessarily the solution. And it was that was the, the that was kind the, of the solution. The but, solution, but, but also the solution was fix your autistic fix uncle. Fix your autistic uncle. Uh, <laughs> yeah. yeah. And our two minutes is almost <laughs> up. It will be. Uh, no, and we're back. Welcome back. Welcome back, everyone. Yeah. So, Chris O'Dowd's character right at the end really annoyed me, and that's that's that. Uh, uh like it was an otherwise it was an otherwise nice film if you're okay with a bit of um child traumatized by their dead parent at the start. It was another one of those films that was like, oh, that's the, uh, this looks like a, a lovely fun fantasy adventure children's movie that if i had to keep a child entertained might be just the sort of thing oh god it's trauma isn't it yeah yeah no this 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 film really has a traumatized child being traumatized for a while yep um speaking of things we watched this week uh where at least one of them the first one we popped on was considerably heavier than expected mm-hmm. um we checked on some more bluey we did watch a bunch more Bluey. Yeah. We needed a bit of a palate cleanser. We did. Um, the first episode of Bluey we put on was not the palate cleanser. It was it was a very, very well-made <laughs> episode, but it was heavier than uh, I was this anticipating. This was the bird, wasn't it? Yeah, this is the one about, like, hey, a they bird... They find the budgie. Yeah, they find a bird and it dies, and we've got to deal with explaining death and not wanting death to have happened, and then... And also how children deal with that sort of thing by yeah. recreating it through play. Yeah, children learning to process emotions through through mimicry and and replicated play. Like, it is a fantastic little piece of TV yeah. that was d- definitely one of the, the more like, okay, I'm going to put down the other thing I'm doing and just watch this for a mm-hmm. minute episodes. Yeah. Uh, Bluey continues to be just very charming. I'm really enjoying Bluey. Charming, it's, sweet it's a lovely show. little palate cleanser in a world that is increasingly stressful and, and yeah. sad. The child vocal performances are great. Yeah. Um, there was one episode with uh, a cousin character that hadn't slept. Oh. Uh, that episode was beautifully voice acted. Is that Muffin? Uh, might be. Yeah. 
Um, but yes, that whole episode was beautifully acted. That performance. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's just a charming little. It's show a really that. sweet little. Like I, I don't want to. I, I need some. I need a mini amount of Ghibli. <laughs> I need a little bit of slice of life that's not too exciting and not too yeah. sad. Yeah. And we'll just, just, just be. This, this TV is not going to hurt me. Everything's going to be okay within ten minutes. Yeah. And it's going to be very sweet. And even if it's one of the sadder episodes, there'll be another one along in ten minutes. Yeah. And that might just be a fun adventure about learning to to deal with things and yeah. or getting grandma to floss. Getting grandma to floss. Yeah. Do uh, grandma's floss? Uh, yeah, I I saw it happen. Mm. They they flossed. <laughs> uh, what about you? What do you watch this week? Well, I mean, not even this week, because we missed last week. So we oh, have, I know, we I have, know. We have a double whammy. I read through uh, Lumberjanes volumes 17 and 18. <gasps> yes. So I can't remember what the names of them are right off now. It's up ahead. It's been about a week since I read them. So the first one is about uh, the goddess Freya mm-hmm. turning up. Ooh. Um, and seemingly a bunch of things are going missing. Mm. So what what is going on there? And um, and bit of an adventure. Some of the some of some of the Janes going off and and having a a, a very different experience. Mm-hmm. And uh, talking about uh, queer relationships within that. Yeah. Uh, Hess having some some troubles trying to explain themselves and coming to Mel for advice who is, you know d- d- tries to put on a big front and tries to tries to sort of be I'm the big butch one but also is like afraid of water and, and stuff like that. And I, th- I think that's one of, the, one of the nice things about Lumberjanes like that your, your characters might be you know they don't necessarily play into stereotypes a yeah. lot. Uh, or, although Ripley is the most wonderfully rambunctious <laughs> of of all the Janes, and yeah, there's that. That's quite an interesting story. Not gonna not gonna spoil that. Uh, another one is about. Oh, oh, it's a little bit about the history of of the camp, mm. and and how it came to be, and and finding out about who Jane was. Who is mm. the Lumber Jane, and what is the history of the of the camp itself? Like, where did it come from? And uh, and that's quite an interesting interesting little reveal about some some past stuff, and then making up uh, between uh, a couple of characters who've been a little bit icy towards each other throughout the series. I mean, I probably need to read the whole thing again because it's. It, it feels like so long since I started reading Lumberjanes. Hmm. There's probably tons of stuff I've already forgotten. <laughs> but yeah, it continues to be just a a really wholesome story about a bunch of lady types at camp. And there's some queer characters and some trans characters and some non-binary characters. And there's the Greek pantheon and someone who can turn into a bear and dinosaurs. And Yay! all sorts. It's 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 a it's a really fun story, yeah. and and a hat that might actually be a raccoon. And <laughs> <laughs> what about you? What else have you watched? Uh, I think that's it for me, really. That's everything you watched. Yeah, you didn't sit 
on a cinema seat hunched over oh, a, a well. boiling laptop in yes, a freezing I, room. Yes, because again, it was, it's not just this week. Um, <laughs> yes, uh, won't go into uh, do huge amounts of detail on this, but uh, I, I did commentary for Kaleidoscope, the new Spectrum Wrestling wrestling event up in uh, in in. Sheffield. Sheffield, which I will be doing the the VOD commentary for tomorrow Ooh. at the time of recording. Uh, for anyone who wasn't there, here's the, the, the basic things you need to know. Um, uh, Commander Sterling and Priscilla, Queen of the Ring, formed a tag team, the, que- the Queens of the Space Age, mm-hmm. to fight against two hypnotizing uh, killer clowns. Yeah, uh, learn to speak clown. Learn to speak clown. That was great. Um, we had a match between Simon Miller and a hippie vegan that powered up using spinach and the power of a vegan diet. Yeah, go um, on. We had oh, we had we had a bunch of a bunch of fights. Uh, the big one at the end, the uh, Spectrum Teacup. Yes. Uh, was a chance for um, Gia Adams and Mercedes Blaze, who had been the uh, the main event match of the first Spectrum Wrestling mm. event, to relitigate that particular situation because oh, the first yes. time around Gia Adams looked like she was going to win Mercedes faked an injury uh, then used that to get a sneaky pin in uh, Gia got her chance to try and get revenge and get a get a clean win back out of that yeah. uh, it was a fun it was a fun night it was another fun night they give good show well done to everybody involved yeah yeah and and do you have any idea when the VOD will be up for that uh or the the VOD yeah. with new, I think because the I, live one is currently up now. Isn't yes, it? my my guess is by the end, of, like by the end of the week we're recording this probably. So like by early December, by oh, very yeah. early December, I think. Yeah, if I'm not re- the the, I believe the VOD is still up on. Yeah, the Twitch VOD's up, uh, still on Twitch. But like, hey, you can watch it all fancy like soon. All fancy, yeah. With production values, although you you did all the stuff with the camera angles. Yeah, multiple angles. Everyone this time, got to see yeah. the rectangle. <laughs> People enjoy the rect, even though it wasn't the original rectangle. It's it was a tribute. Yeah. Uh, what about you? You watched anything else this week? Oh, that is everything I watched. Well then, time for this. Larry, got a new sponsor. Who's our new sponsor? Well, do you have questions? I have some questions. Do you need answer to those questions? Sometimes I do, yeah. Have you ever wondered if maybe it's time to just get a tail? I mean, I, 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 no, no. A $7,000 suit with air conditioning? No, definitely never thought about that. This week's sponsor is the Am I a Fairy quiz book. Are you trying to determine if you just think animals are cute or if you are ready to spend that much money on a fursuit? Um, I'm definitely confident I don't want to spend that much on a fursuit. These questions will help you assess whether you should give in and just buy buy those things. Or at least, you know, buy an inordinate amount uh, of foam and fur and start trying okay, to make your own Okay, okay, I'm looking, I'm looking through the, thing, the one they sent mm-hmm, over. Mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. Uh, well, yeah... Well, yes, yes, well, yeah, of course. Oh no! Oh, I mean, no. I'm not a fairy. Not, not that. The opposite of that. A little bit. Oh, no. that. Are you gonna oh, get no. you some bunny ears? Oh no! I You're gonna be so adorable. <laughs> oh no! Yay! I fully support you in your <laughs> your fairy journey. So that's amwayofairyquizbook.lol.net. Enter the code Q and P S, and then just any three numbers you like the sound of, 
and as long as they're single digits, I guess, and you can get 10% off a $7,000 fursuit. Maybe. Well, that's how they get you in. That's how they get you in. It's got <laughs> air conditioning. I mean, that would be nice in the summer. Mm. And who wants to take their fursuit off in summer? <laughs> Not me. Inside the boardroom of Supremacy Software. Hi. Hi. So, uh, got a problem. Uh, can we whip it? No. Can we buy it? I've tried. It's it's not working. Can we fire it? No. Right. Yeah, so... Uh, for some reason, I don't know why they were doing it this time. They've never done it in the past. Right. Uh, government regulators are sniffing around. Are they after more money? We pay them so much money. I know, right? We... Look... <laughs> So here's the problem. We, we we wanted to make that big purchase of basically the biggest video game, you know, developer yeah, that is our one us. big rival, yeah. Exactly. We were going to pay uh, purchase them. Yeah. They've never had a problem with us purchasing companies before. Yeah, but, we bought. Yeah. I mean, we technically we own, what, four or five hundred? Something like that. Yeah. But yeah, apparently buying our biggest competitor is seen as creating a monopoly and uh, not good for the health of the industry, blah, blah, blah. Yeah, yeah. So uh, we got we to gotta try and find some way to still make this happen. We got to find a way to convince them we're not creating a monopoly. Right. Despite the fact we're explicitly doing this because we want to create a monopoly. I thought we weren't calling it that. No, we're not calling it that, but it's just you and me. Family. Yeah, it's family. A family. Yeah. So here's my big plan right, right. now. I, I I wonder what you think of this. Right. Uh, I reckon we 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 promise the regulators we won't become a monopoly yet. Mm. We'll make sure that our biggest competitor, you know, that all our competitors can still get access to the the the, the, the games they need to from that developer for now. I mean, we'll still be selling them, right? We'll still yeah. be getting the money from the yeah, game. Yeah, exactly. You know, we were, you know, and and we're we're you know, we're gonna uh, abstain from monopolistic practices for a while, right? Like we put an arbitrary limit on it. Like maybe it's like three, five years or something. It's like right. We won't do all those things you're worried we're gonna do as a monopoly for at least five years, right? Yeah, yeah. And and why not during that time we can you know. Oh, this is exclusive to this version of the game. Our version of the game. Well, I mean, that's that 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 that's the kind of thing they're worried about us doing. Is I mean, having... it's, it's just cosmetics. Just remember, it's just okay, cosmetics. Just cosmetics. Just cosmetics, just cosmetics. Just cosmetics. Yeah, but that's the thing. I reckon if we make some promises with like a time level, we can we can look money 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 today would be better. But I like money. But like monopoly level money in a while. I can do that if I have to. I I know how to be patient. If I'm sat on top of a future monopoly, I know how to be patient. That's I a love fucking sitting gold on mine. a monopoly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, and, and a gold mine. Yeah, I could sit on both of those things. And a yacht. Can we get another yacht? Of course we can get another yacht. You are a fucking genius. I know. So... <gasps> What have you put in your ears? I'd listened to one new piece of music. Ooh. I listened to one thing that wasn't Pokemon soundtrack this week. Okay. Uh, it's from a band I already know, but it's a song I hadn't heard before. Uh, the song is called Montgomery Forever by The Front Bottoms. Uh, it, it is very much the same kind of music they always make that's very sort of like a whiny Midwest emo boy over 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 guitar. Th that, that kind of thing. Mm -hmm. Um 
I, I, I enjoy it deeply knowing, even knowing it's kind of trash. Um, yeah. The song seems to be about a bad relationship falling apart between two people who aren't very compatible, mm-hmm. but it happening uh, against the backdrop of a lot changing in the rest of their life. Um, sort of symbolized by like buildings that you used to know being demolished and how it can be hard to grasp for familiarity when too many things in life seem to be changing at once. Mm-hmm. Uh, interesting little song. Yeah. What about you? Have you listened to anything this week? I've been listening to some more of the Magnus Archive stuff that happened post-season 5. Yeah? Uh, so I listened to an episode called A Hole in the Ground, mm-hmm. which is a uh, found recording from, from Gertrude Robinson. Mm-hmm. So this is Sue Sims reading a story about, or, or reading a statement of someone who was walking through the woods and they heard this sort of mewling noise. Yeah, and they found basically down a a muddy well, a small creature, and mm. they took it home and they nursed it, and the creature was very clingy. Yeah, and would get very upset if it was left alone and damage things, and other time all other times it wanted to just sort of be draped over this person's shoulder, and if they went to eat any food, the the thing had to have. Some of it first. Hmm. And basically, if they didn't do what the thing wanted, it gave them horrible nightmares. Oh no. And it got really snarky and and started trying to separate them from their friends and stuff. And that goes some places. I imagine it would. It's it's a, a really unsettling story about... Just a, a clean little thingy. Uh, the next one I listened to was called That Face at the Window, which is read by Jürgen Leitner, which is Jonathan Sims' dad, whose name escapes me. Mm-hmm. And it's about a writer who meets someone in a cafe and that there is something very off about the person they meet. And something happens. Not telling you what. The the one I listened to while I was out shopping earlier uh, was from Rusty Fears 5. The episode was called Casting Line. Yeah. And it's about... It feels like one of those Stroll Peter-esque... Hmm. We're gonna... This is a story you tell to small children hoping to instill morals in them. Right. Through absolute terror. And it is... Basically, the moral at the start of the story is careful what you're casting out because of, of what you will reel in. Yeah. And it, it, it is about a person who basically becomes an expert manipulator and liar. Hmm. And the experience they have when they start noticing the lies they tell people manifest as fish hooks in the recipients of those lies. Yeah. And being like, I need to, like, pulling needles out, pulling hooks out of people. It's like, they never notice the needles. They don't see me pulling them out. But also, like, other if I don't do it, they're just wandering around with, like, hooks dangling out of them. And it's really disconcerting and disconcerting. And where that goes for this person who is constantly on the up because they're a master manipulator. Wow. 
And uh, yeah, that that goes some places. Uh, I had a look. You are not far away from listening to one of these that was written by someone who's contributed to the the anthology book Ooh. I'm working on at the moment. Uh, there's an episode called Inheritance coming up. That, in like... that, I, that is the next one I was going to come to. Yeah, Inheritance is written by someone who's written for the little Autistic Joy anthology. Well, I hope they have more Autistic Joy than they have Horror Joy. Because uh, that is a really unsettling story. Uh, <laughs> oh, have you listened to Inheritance yes. already? Oh. I listened to that. Yeah. I was listening to that while I was cooking dinner. Oh, I, I thought you meant that was the next one you were going to get to. <laughs> yeah, so that was written by Matrim Tate. Ah. Uh, yeah, tell us about Inheritance. Inheritance is about a person who inherits a house from, I think it's a parent. Mm. The brother doesn't have any interest in any of the stuff kept there, but it turns out, uh, I think it's mum. Mum was a was a hoarder, yeah. so the house is just full of stuff of all sorts. And the first thing, obviously, this person does on inheriting the house, like checks nobody else in the family wants any of the of the stuff that might be there, and then starts going about clearing it out. And for them, like for the brother's stuff, the brother said was like, don't care, burn it, sell it, whatever, get rid of it. I was like, that was really easy to do. But then there was my stuff and I was like, oh, this is all stuff from my childhood. And I, I remember this and oh, this has triggered a memory. And realizing you've made so much mess that, uh, well, actually, I'll go and sleep in a different room tonight. Mm. And then starting to find mold in the house. Yeah. And the mold starting to just grow and overtake everything. And not really going to say any more than that. It's got a really dark ending. Yeah. Uh, it's really sinister. I can tell you their story about, about joy is about uh, the, the joy of uh, words and word sounds and language uh. and... Uh, playing around with the ru- the rules of how words are meant to be used and echolalia and... Just autistic relationship to words. Fascinating. And not about... Not about mould. Not about mould. Yay. I'm glad. Also, well done. That is a wonderfully uh, unsettling story. That is is me up to date with... uh, I think there's a few more Rusty Fears episodes. And then everything after that is... Largely just... Oh my god, we've got a Kickstarter going for the Magnus Protocol. Three new seasons of Magnus and a live tour and a branded microphone <laughs> are available at various tiers. So, yeah. Do you have anything else? No, to that's everything I've listened to. Well then, <gasps> time for this. Are you looking for a new cereal? Try Clivio's. The new bran-based cereal made from 100% whole bran and it's completely unfortified by risque vitamins or minerals. In fact, every batch of Clivio's has been boiled for at least 14 hours to make sure that it is completely devoid of any nutrition. Just bran, thank you very much. Serve up in a sensibly sized bowl with some room temperature skimmed milk. It's a not-too-exciting breakfast meal that's as much of a workout for your jaw as it is for your digestive tract. Clivios, they turn the milk grey. Is life too stressful? Uh-huh. Job getting you down? Mm-hmm. Are you done with the daily grind? Uh-huh. 
We're currently hiring for small animals to fall asleep in flowers or holes in trees. If you're up to this complete lack of challenge, why not apply for a role at justasleepylittlefriend.lol.net? Apply today and you too could be a dormouse or squirrel, just curled up, having a little nap, maybe in a flower. Mm. Sleep tight, little friend. Yeah. Do you know what I want to see more of? What do you want to see more of? Brochure Justice Warriors. Brochure Justice Warriors? Yeah. All right, Barry. All right, Larry. How are you doing? Yeah, not too bad, mate. You, you've been up so much. Uh, you know, uh, getting worn down by the world, as always, you yeah, know. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's highly relatable. Yeah, this time I'm uh, watching a certain, certain celebrity trying to take a uh, middle-of-the-road stance on bigotry. As, uh, oh, yeah, yeah. Somewhat often happens. Uh, yeah, yeah. Doing the whole, uh, oh, well, why can't we just be civil? Why can't we just oh, yes. have a little less anger on both sides between the oppressor and the oppressed? Why can't we just calm down a little bit? Yeah, you know. You know, see eye to eye. And uh, it's gotten me thinking about, you know, calls for civility in yeah, yeah, matters yeah. of bigotry. Yeah, uh, you know they are not a neutral stance to take. It no. is very obvious. You they take are... a stance, and it's the side of the yeah. oppressor. Yeah, it is. It is saying the fact you two are fighting makes me very awkward. I think that it makes me feel uncomfortable. I think that both the oppress the the oppressed is just as at fault as the oppressor because they're both making me uncomfortable. So uh, if you both like just you all to just shut just up. Be, yeah, uh, civility, civility. You know, just. It sides with the oppressor every time. It's yeah. basically saying, please do not fight for change or to protect yourself because I don't like having to feel guilty that I'm not supporting you. Yeah, it's uh, it's, it's, it's bullshit, mate. It's yeah. bullshit. Yeah. It's frustrating. And it, it is just, you know, I'd, I'd rather you were out of sight and out of mind. Well, you know, um, you know, we, we try and get out of sight and out of mind and... and that they come for us in, in in our you know spaces that we've made for ourselves and and then you know uh, and then you know in our grief perhaps you're you're still saying oh you're making me uncomfortable in your grief if you could just yeah. pop that away and especially coming from someone who is also from you know a relatively marginalised group who if if they're not coming for next they're they're on the verge of coming for already in 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 some cases so yeah. Maybe you know we unite together against our oppressors rather than going. Oh, could you could you just not? Yeah. Could you could you just not? You're making me very uncomfortable. You're causing a bit of a fuss with your your being <sighs> oppressed there. Exactly. Uh, Hug mate. Oh, definitely. <sighs> Good night, mate. Good night. Yeah. Right, I think I'll go and pop the kettle on. Oh, sounds lovely. Nice, nice. So, Laura. Yes? You do book. I do do book. You do do book? Yeah, I do book. about book? Uh, I mean, the, 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 the big one coming up that's imminently arriving is... Uh, Unbound.com slash book slash whale. Yeah, who wants the whale? Yeah. Uh, that's going to be out February 16th, yeah. 2023. We're on to the um, proofs now. Yeah, we have the version that, are, assuming we don't catch, like... It, uh, basically, we got to look through the list of backer names and the dedications and stuff and check that we... That, like, 
there's no errors in those. Glaring errors. Because those are the new things. Obviously, we can't tell if your names are spelt incorrectly. No, but we can at least go like, that That name's written upside down. That doesn't look right. Uh, unless. Unless. Um, but yeah, that's going to the printers real soon. And then oh, it'll be... Then it'll be coming back here to be signed. Yeah, it'll be out officially on February 16th. If you order it through Unbound, you might get it a bit ahead of then. So Ooh. maybe order a copy through Unbound. That'd be, yeah. that'd be a cool idea. Yeah, that'd be a cool idea. Yeah. You get that, that'd be good. Yeah. Uh, other than that, I'm just at Laura K. Buzz everywhere. What about you? What are you on the internet? Me, I can be found at patreon.com slash stonedmonkeyradio. For as little as a dollar a month, you can help me justify my very poor life choices and constant working and Ooh. exhaustion. And 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 maybe make things warmer in this house. <laughs> uh, yes, before we have to set fire to the microphone. <laughs> no, no, not my fuzzy muff, not my fuzzy microphone muff. <laughs> uh, yeah, uh, or Linktree. All of my links can be found on Linktree. I've got a SoundCloud where I make music. Another one where we put podcasts. I've got a Redbubble. You can get a bunch of my cool shirts. I have bought a bunch of my own shirts recently. So I am currently wearing my butt plug soup vest. Very happy with that. There's spoopy ones. There's there's all sorts in, in that range. Some of them are weirder than others. Some of them are just references to things that happened on stream. Like the butts one. Which is just Laura jumping out of a butt going, Butts! Which I think is a glorious shirt, but... Everyone was like, you no. did it on a Jackbox. And I was like, okay, I'll put it. I guess I'll put I, it on a shirt. I own and enjoy that shirt. I'm glad you enjoy that. There's the Queer and Pleasant Strangers shirt. Yeah. I met someone at Kaleidoscope who was like, I didn't know you had any Queer and Pleasant merch. I was like, yeah, we do. We have shirts that say Queer and Pleasant on them. So you you can get one of those if you want. Uh, I think, think that's everything. Anyway, you can find it all linked together in a little tree linkter.ee slash janiac j-a-n-e-i-a-c and I think that's everything so Laura yeah will you sing us out please darling until next time be a stranger <laughs>